Okay, it's three minutes past one on Wednesday. It's me, James Rose, so that means one thing. It is the happiness algorithm. still here it is the happiness algorithm with me James Roast as you all know this is show number two looking back at last week was show number one and my god there was some nerves from me I'm just pleased it wasn't on uh, a live stream uh, we are on a live stream today uh, my special guest uh, uh, Dennis Relojo Howe will be joining us shortly um, hopefully it will be on his YouTube channel but we'll explore that later so we are here um, on Wednesday afternoon, it is the happiness algorithm where we look for the secret to happiness. Is there any uh, secret algorithm that we can find and what are the tips that are going to bring us that bit closer to happiness? So, looking back at last week, we had Ryan Holder from uh, Lifestyle Nutrition Performance Coaching. And what a great first show that was. It was, it was really excellent to have Ryan in um, as a guest and talk to us about how we can manage our sort of physical health, but most importantly, how we can balance that with our uh, psychological health as well. He left us with some tips which was his fmf philosophy which was uh, the focus move fun philosophy and i really sort of adopted it and looked at it over this week and i was very aware of my emotional health how i committed myself to 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 the clinic and work and my patients i was aware of taking the stairs as opposed to jumping in the lift parking a little bit further from the hospital so i was getting my move in there the one thing that i found most difficult was 
the fun part, and I know that you mentioned it on the show, but I think we're always sacrificing. We're always sacrificing um, the fun element. And I think we should all tap into the child part of ourselves to remember what it is like to have fun. Um, Okay, so don't forget to uh, message the show, get in touch with us all, all the usual places on Twitter at roast underscore James, hashtag the happiness algorithm so we can get those questions uh, answered for you. You can message me directly on Instagram, which is at James underscore roast underscore. Um, but let's kick off the show uh, in with our adopted, shall we say, adopted theme tune which is The Lost Hollows Looking for Happy. On 98FM and online, this is Phoenix FM. Toes in the sand, your head on 
my shoulder, drink in the moment the sun falls into the sea. I'm just looking for happy. Yeah, I'm just looking for happy. Community radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. And that's us, uh, James Rose, the Happiness Algorithm, and we're looking for happy. We're going to spend the next uh, nearly two hours in search of the keys to happiness and any tips and tricks that our uh, wonderful guests will share with us. And we have had some messages come in um, only 12 minutes into the show, but it's great to see, as I said before, anyone that wants to, uh, anyone that wants to join in, contribute, share what makes them happy, uh, what they're doing at the minute that's making them happy, please do all the usual places at roast underscore James, hashtag the happiness algorithm. Instagram is James underscore roast underscore and you can uh, email us here at the studio radio at phoenixfm.com. So let's fly through some of these messages quickly before I move on to my wonderful guest for today. Uh, so we've got someone that's come in from Brentwood. So Linda said that she, uh, what she's focused on last week and what makes her happy is extending her dog walks. She's really enjoying extending her dog walks with the beautiful crisp cool weather. Uh, we've also got uh, another message come in from, uh, we've got Rachel. What she enjoys is sitting down, catching up on a couple of shows and our favourite box set with a cup of tea. Uh, well, there's a special one here as well. So what's making this young chap happy? Uh, Ethan King, it's his ninth birthday today. And I think we all enjoy birthdays and we all remember what it was like to be nine. And that was a fun time. We've also got a message from Laura. She's just passed another of her teacher training exams. Uh, so that's made her very happy as well and this is great so more of those messages coming in please and uh, we will share them throughout the show so moving on to uh, my very welcome guest which uh, let me introduce uh, the world's first blog psychologist uh, Mr Dennis Reloho Howe thank you for having me here uh, yeah I feel happy just like um, the vibe of your show. Good, 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 good. So, uh, Dennis, we, uh, with, with all of our guests, we like to do an uh, introduction, mm -hmm. but a therapeutic check-in. So I ask three very quick questions for, uh, to bed people in, to engage them into the show, to settle them in so we can begin to explore, get mm -hmm. to know you a lot better. So looking at these questions, so uh, how's the last week been for you? Oh, to be honest, it was quite uneventful, um, but I'm glad that I'm here um, to share um, my experiences and my perspectives about happiness. Um, it's just a usual um, thing that I do. Um, I work from home, so there's nothing unusual that took place. Okay, good. And obviously, we uh, we have met briefly once before didn't we, we uh, as yes. i was a guest on another show and you were uh you were there uh, uh working for that show and so very briefly we met and you reached out over twitter and we mm. had a conversation there and we've since since uh the, mm. it was last week back in the last yeah. week wasn't it so um that was great to, that, that you wanted to come on and talk about some of your mm -hmm. background and obviously for me it's very exciting because i've only got a brief 
glimpse of, mm. of what you do. Um, anyway, I'm digressing away from the check-in <laughs> question. Sorry, so you've had a pretty uneventful week, but, but a good week, and you're pleased to be here. What's been on your mind this week? Uh, in nine days, it'll be my birthday, so that's been... Happy birthday. Yeah, I'll be 37. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's been going on. And also on um, the 20th, it'll be my fifth wedding anniversary. Yeah, congratulations so. thank you congratulations so so we've got some uh exciting events coming up so mm-hmm. these have been occupying your mind very exciting um and uh what about how are you feeling today you touched on it there but how are you feeling today um i feel quite relaxed and excited um and it's nice to be here so it's quite a different um vibe Good. We like different vibes. Yeah. We like different vibes. Okay, so um, thank you for the check-in. You're now in. You're bedded in. Uh, as with all guests on the show, I ask them to pick their own music because mm. um, I think it gives us a, a good window into the individual as well. Mm. So now that we're checked in, we're going to go to uh, a quick break because I always have to schedule in my adverts. Uh, so the adverts are going to come in. We're going to go into mm. one of your tracks after that. Then we're going to talk a little bit about why you've chose that track and then get to know you a little bit more. Okay. See Geordie Shaw Scotty T take on Love Island's Stevie Bear at Fame MMA at a packed-out Utilita Arena in Newcastle, December the 14th. Who will win at the UK's only celebrity MMA event? Plus Sam and Marty from Jolly Shaw finally get to settle their differences in the cage after months of bad blood. Georgia Harrison fights YouTuber Ashley Marie. All this and a whole host of other celebrities fighting on the night. Fame MMA UK, Saturday the 14th of December at the Utilita Arena Newcastle. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster or subscribe to PPV. Check out Fame MMA UK Instagram for further information. Real Christmas trees look beautiful, but what do you do with yours after Twelfth Night? Well, we have the answer. St Francis Hospice will collect and recycle your real tree absolutely free of charge. This service is available to all postcodes in Havering. All donations are welcome and every penny will help local people in Havering and beyond. To register your real Christmas tree for the recycling service, visit sfh.org.uk slash tree recycling. Looking for a great way to bring in the new year? Then join us for Mount Avenue Banqueting Suites Countdown to 2020. Tickets are on sale now for £60 per head and include a sumptuous three-course dinner, disco and a complimentary glass of fizz to toast the new year in. Call us on 01277 211549 or find us on Facebook to book your tickets now. Over 18s only, T's and C's apply. Do you suffer from heel pain or plantar fasciitis? Do you experience knee pain walking up or down stairs? Or do you have a stiff lower back? Parents, does your child complain of achy or sore legs during or after exercise? Does your child trip over or appear clumsy? 
then it could be due to flat feet. My name is Neil McAllister, lead podiatrist at Kinetic Podiatry Clinic, the Brentwood Centre. We will assess, advise and provide treatment to resolve your aches and pains. For a free advisory consult, contact Brentwood 514739 or kineticpodiatry.co.uk for further information. Kinetic Podiatry Clinic, keeping you mobile and active, making you kinetic. Phoenix FM. Okay, so here comes the first song from our guest, uh, guest Dennis Riloho Howe, and he's chosen uh, Get Down by Gilbert O'Sullivan. There we are, Gilbert and O'Sullivan, get down there. That was a pick from uh, our special guest today, Dennis Riloho Howe. He joins me in the studio here on the Happiest and Algorithm. So, Dennis, uh, we briefly introduced, uh, introduced you at the start of the show. Now we've got, we've got all the housekeeping out of the way. That's the important bit. All the ads are done, <laughs> the music's been played. Now we get an opportunity to talk, get to know you a little bit more, and hopefully you can share all of your wisdom, tips and tricks with the listeners that will, uh, that will help bring them ever closer to happiness. 
So, Dennis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. Lovely to have you. So, um, you are a mental health blogger. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it says that you're the very first blog psychologist. Yeah, a lot of um, some newspapers reported that I am. I don't know if I am. <laughs> it's a great title to a great title to yeah, have. Thank you. Um, and you uh, you run the website, the company uh, Psych Reg. Mm-hmm. So, tell me a little bit about what you do, mm-hmm. what Psych Reg is, and what does a blog psychologist do? Um, basically what I do is I'm a mental health blogger, so I work from home. I run a mental health psychology and well-being website. Mm -hmm. So it's a platform where I publish a range of articles covering those themes. And I also had a, I I run a podcast, but it's, um, I I have a collaborator from, uh, with, with two lecturers from America. And I also organize, um, events relating to mental health. Now, with the title Black Psychologist, um, it's a made-up title, apparently, um, because um, well, essentially what I do is I advocate for the mental health benefits of running a blog, because I've, I've been doing, um, I've been blogging for about 15 years, but I started mental health blogging for about five years. Mm-hmm. So essentially, um, well, um, my advocacy is trying to promote mental health through blogging and a lot of charities like Mind or Sane, they do give platforms for people to um, voice the experiences of, of mental health and it, it allows people to make sense of what happen, what, what happens to them and essentially that's, that's what I'm trying to promote in, in the field of um, blog psychology, so to speak. I love that, I love that. So is this, so uh, the contributors to the blog Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, professionals or mm-hmm. patients, people that have been through mm-hmm. crisis? Um, the, the blog itself is a mishmash. Um, about, I would say about 90% of what's published on the website is not from me. It's, it's, it's a user-generated platform. I publish mental health stories, so that's one aspect of what I publish. And then I also publish... Um, articles from um, academics, from researchers, mm-hmm. and I also publish um, press releases. So it, it's a mixed blend. Mm. And is that where the, the YouTube channel sits as well? Is that where your podcast is? Is it all in the same, all housed on the same platform? Yeah, it's all housed on the platform, but it's co-branded as um, the mental breakdown slash um, sidecratch podcast. Because what happened is that um, I'm aware that I'm not going to be an excellent um, YouTube, an excellent podcast host. So, um, why is that? Uh, I I just don't have the showmanship. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but by glorious coincidence, I came across with these um, two gentlemen from America, Dr. Bernie Wilkinson and Dr. Richard Marshall, and they already have an ongoing podcast. By the time I approached them, um, but I told them that perhaps we could work together because mm. we seem to be. Um, we sh- we have the share same um, goal anyway to to um, disseminate the field of psychology and mental health. So we co-branded the existing podcast into Psychology Podcast, and we've been doing that for over two years now. Amazing! How did you come across these two guys? Oh, just from Twitter. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, so the philosophy is to is to is to is to get that message out there, is to spread the, 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 the importance of mental health and how we access that and, and gain a better understanding. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. How's it all going? 
Um, it's been going well. Um, it allows me to work from home. It allows me to organize conferences. In fact, um, about a month ago, I was in Malaysia. I organized an international conference there. Yeah. And that went well? Yeah, that went well. Um, there were about 150 participants. Amazing. And so um, the internationally speaking, so we've got Malaysia for the for the conference. Mm -hmm. uh, the two gentlemen that you mentioned earlier that that you collaborated with mm -hmm. in the states. Mm -hmm. What's the landscape like, and is there a difference between the states and Malaysia in terms of the conversations that are being had on uh, and around mental health? Oh yeah, definitely, because. Um, we have to take into account culture when we talk about mental health. Um, I was originally from the Philippines. Um, we don't really talk about um, mental health as openly as Western countries. And I would say, I've, I've only been in Malaysia um, for uh, about two months. And um, based from my short experience, short stay in Malaysia, I would say that um, there's, there's a resemblance of culture in Malaysia and Philippines um, when it comes to um, tackling about mental health. And yeah, I guess um, with US and the UK, there's a similarity that you tend to open up um, talking about mental health. So yeah, I would like to host more events, mental health events in um, Southeast Asian countries, because I think that's where work needs to be done. In mm -hmm. fact, in 2018, I was in Philippines. I also organized a mental health event there. Is it is it received as well? So obviously, you, the, the the prevalence is there, the the, the need is there to mm -hmm. to open up those conversations and have more conversations about mental health. How's it received when you approach setting up these conferences? Um, in twenty eighteen, it was a more favorable reception, I would say, because there were about five hundred fifty participants. That's amazing. Though, yeah, but the thing is, um, the participants for the conference they're actually researchers and academics, they're okay. PhD students. Um, I would like to have a more public um, discourse about mental health. So I'm trying to um, invite people who've got lived experience or relatives who's looking after um, um, people who, has, um, who have lived experience. Mm. Yeah. And this is, what, this is what we're trying to achieve with, with the happiness algorithm. Mm -hmm. We want those lived experiences. You know, there are many, many platforms out there that are promoting experts to come in mm. and discuss what we should or shouldn't be doing. But that lived experience, uh, I agree, is so important and understanding people's narrative and journeys as they progress forward. Mm -hmm. So it's lovely to hear that, that Psych Reg is, is promoting that and, and looking to uh, build upon the successes that you've already established. Um, so five years ago, so fi 15 years, did you say of blogging? Yes. <laughs> and five years ago, moving into sort of the more mental health field, mm -hmm. What drew you to move into the mental health field and, and start blogging about that? Well, essentially, it's my background. I did an MSc in psychology, and uh, for I, I went to uni. I did psychology, so it's just um, I, I tried to connect to um, to um, interests, um, blogging, and mental health. So that's why I've been doing it now. Yeah, I started blogging 15 years ago. So basically, it was just a personal blog. When I say personal blog, it's just like any other blog. I share personal um, things about me, um, what I've done, my what my opinions are. And then later on, I moved to become a travel blogger because when I was on my early 20s, I was a backpacker in Southeast Asia. Oh. So. 
I I visited um, different countries and I chronicled it into my blog, and then later on I transitioned to become a mental health blogger. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Do you see any um, similarities or trends between when you were initially blogging, and what you're sort of beginning to blog about now as well? As, obviously, the subject matter has changed, but yeah. the how you promote that and how you sort of write those blogs. I think I've benefited from my blogging experience because um, I'm able to create my own website. Um, I'm using WordPress for for, th for those people who are not aware of WordPress. Um, it's a blogging software, so I've become quite proficient about it. Um, I also gained um, social media skills and um, that I, I suppose the writing comes into comes into it um, um, from experience and also how to um, what 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 um, topics that you should publish. And are there are there themes or trends that you see the blogs that are submitted to the site? Mm -hmm. Are you beginning to see sort of themes and trends emerge out of the landscape of mental health? Um, more recently, there's an emerging trend of male psychology. Um, just last night, I published an article that um, it basically says that men should not just be told to open up, but we should have a more um, dynamic approach when it comes to um, encouraging men to open up about mental health. That's quite an interesting article. Um, it's, it's an emerging um, um, trend that um, I Get, get to publish articles about men's mental health. Okay, that's really interesting. Very, very, very interesting as well, because we know that perhaps there's been a culture or a history of, as you say, men being quite closed and not perhaps um, being as forthcoming, maybe asking for help. Well, let, let me throw that question out over to you. What, what, why do you think um, men find it difficult or why has there not been much traction in men addressing their mental health? I think it has something to do, well, well we, we all hear it, that there's an element of masculinity. But aside from that, I also think that there's so much focus on other um, members of society that like, we tend to... Like who? Um, LGBT, for instance, or um, females, that we tend to not um, focus, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we tend to forget that there's also other members of society, especially white, white men, mm. um, heterosexual men, mm. that we, we do not realize that they're also undergoing um, difficulties, um, not just because they're um, white and they're heterosexual, um, then they're not undergoing any difficulties. Um, yeah, I think it has something to do with um, the media. And uh, when I say the media, um, blogs and mm. um, radio and television and how do you think we can we can move that forward how can we how can we make it more accessible um, for men to perhaps seek the answers they're looking for or seek the help they're they're looking for or gain the confidence mm. um, I think there's already an initiative going on to address this gap um, for instance the British Psychological Society has just launched um, the, the male psychology section, and there's also a number of networks which is specifically catered to um, men, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think we're, we're already heading to the right, the right direction. And do you think that there are, there's a difference in language we need to use between male, female, or, or sort of culturally? I, I, I would say so. Um, I'd, I'd like to go back to the 
um, blog post I published last night, um, the author said that um, men do not usually respond to the traditional relational um, kind of counseling. Mm. Um, he, he suggests some ways which where we could probably get more responses from men, um, let's say um, playing um, computer games mm. or boxing. And I think that's interesting because um, uh, well, when, when, it, when it comes to dealing with men on how, on how we could encourage them to open up, I think we have to take into account uh, the nature of men. Um, you, you, the, your average man would not really come and sit one-to-one. -one. Mm. Uh, so perhaps you could gain their attention by something that um, already interests them. Okay, so working yeah. on interests on a group basis or you know uh, you mentioned there sort of boxing or gaming so that w would that still be looking at it from the not necessarily in isolation but but this sort of pack mentality yeah uh, yeah um th there's still a pack mentality but, but i think that the best way to look at it is you cannot really um ask someone just to come here you're supposed to be here come here but instead um, the, the way I think about it is go where they are, where they are mm. and then um, lead them to where they should be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, again, in the in the um, under the banner of that happiness algorithm, we, we, we can see that there's a growing need of, of a conversation around mental health and um, particularly in sort of men's mental health as well. What is it that is at the other end of that spectrum then for men? What can they be doing, do you think, to find that balance in their, in their lives? I think it's important to um, realise that um, n n not just because they're men, they, they have um, something that sh cannot be addressed by conversations, by discourse about mental health and just like any sections of society that they should open up. And it's interesting that there are already initiatives um, to um, get to understand more about mental health issues uh, of men. So it's getting men talking, but in environments that they feel comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. Exactly. We're all cut from the same cloth and we all respond in the same way. So, um, well, that's wonderful. That's really, really great to hear. What was exciting was you mentioned some of the, the blog that you um, posted last night. Mm -hmm. um, any more that stand out for you that you've, that over these last five years, that have really struck a chord that you think that would be important to share with, with those listening today? Mm -hmm. Um. What, one of my favorites is um, the mental health stories that I publish because um, it highlights the lived experience of people. Because usually when we talk about mental health, we tend to focus on the research. We tend to focus on um, things that we see in the media. But it's also refreshing to hear from people who actually experience, mm. who have lived experience of mental health issues. Um, I'm, I'm not going to mention any name, but there's um, a particular guy who really inspires me because he suffered from psychosis and he's, um, he has schizophrenia. Um, he's, I believe he's still struggling with, with those mental health issues, but um, he's already now um, an, an adjunct professor at a university in New York. So that's, that's really something, you know, that's like you've, you've got lived experience and you still manage to um, surmount all, all those obstacles. 
I think that's a it's, it's a wonderful message to promote because I think that what we tend to see is that those that are struggling from a mental health condition, whether it be diagnosed or undiagnosed, it can mm. be so overwhelming, and um, almost people feel it defines who they are. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know it's just a symptom. It's a it's it's mm. just a product of 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 you know whatever it may mm. be. We're struggling in some way. Yeah. So to hear from that chat, and is this someone that? Um, blogs regularly is this a was this a yes um he bag, he blogs regularly for psych rich and he's actually one of the speakers on an event that i organized last last year i also organized um an event called mental health bloggers conference so it's just for mental health bloggers it was held in london and he's one of the speakers excellent tell me a bit more about that conference then so uh, the mental health bloggers conference it was um, a small event, so there were just 30 people, so I invited mental health bloggers like myself, and I just, um, it's, it's just basically an event for us to get to know each other, learn from each other's practices, and what led them to um, launch their blog. And did they all come from similar backgrounds to you, so backgrounds in psychology, um, interests in blogging? Or is it is it a variety? Um, my my background is quite unusual when it comes to mental health blogging because unlike most mental health bloggers, I don't have a lived experience of mental health. Most people that you would ask why they are they started blogging about mental health is because they have a lived experience of mental health. Oh, interesting. So so most of the mental health bloggers are those that have lived experience. Yes. I think that's an interesting stat, really. Yeah, so that, that, that's essentially what I'm saying about um, um, the, the psychology of blogging. That there's a reason why people who have lived experience, they launch mental health blogs, mm. because essentially they find comfort, they find solace in expressing themselves through writing. Yeah, so here's a question then. Yeah. Well, I l- let me start with this question first. How? How big is the market in terms of mental health blogging? Is it is it is it huge? Is it easily accessible? Is there plenty of um, conversation out there? I would say that we have um, a good supply of mental health blogs. Um, if you if you just Google them, um, you you would never run short of mental health blogs. Um, when it comes to, I, I suppose I I could only share how popular. Um, my platform would be in in a good month. I would receive hundred thousand views, over hundred thousand views. Amazing. Yeah. And then on Twitter, I've got eleven thousand followers. That is a lot of people. <laughs> that is a lot of people. Yeah. So my question, following on, was um, how? So if we talk about the bloggers that that are that are producing the content from lived experience, I agree that it, I, I think it's a wonderful platform, and this is where te- technology works in our favour. It gives people that voice, gives people that opportunity to to be able to share what they're feeling. Um, how safe is it in terms of you know those individuals that are struggling? Mm-hmm that are putting content out there. Because we do hear some of these horror stories sometimes mm. that, you know, Twitter shut this account down or Instagram's mm. been shut this account down mm. because there's a promotion on, or individuals are, are promoting maybe unhealthy coping mechanisms mm. to manage their distress. Mm. I mean, have you found any blogs that have come your way that you think, actually, this isn't, this isn't perhaps appropriate? 
Yeah, um, that, that's an interesting question. That's, that's one of the challenges of um, the nature of the platform that I run, um, because I, I, I don't, especially I'm publishing live experience of mental health. Um, so I always put a disclaimer, if you really think that you need help, um, it's not, you, you should not just um, stop from um, expressing yourself, but you should seek um, um, professional, professional mental health, um, say for instance, from charities, um, Samaritans or Mind. The way I would s um, s say it is that blogs are just another form of expression. So if there's a serious mental health issue, it's best if you um, talk with a mental health professional. It's, it's just like any other form of, um, I suppose, creativity that so some people find um, enjoyment and comfort when they express themselves through arts. That's why we have art therapy. Um, and would you recommend it as, um, you know, when we talk about blogging and from, from my own world in terms of the hospital i'll often ask patients to keep journals as well so they're tracking the narrative of their emotions so it's important to be able to to reflect upon we go back to that phrase lived experience again yeah uh, exactly um essentially that the act of expressing yourself through blogs is it's not really a new thing um the, the medium has just changed um expressive writing has been launched by james pennybaker in the early 1980s mm -hmm. And it's just so happened that right now, um, people do not really use pen and paper to mm -hmm. express themselves. Um, we feel more natural, we feel more inclined to express ourselves through Instagram, through Twitter, through YouTube, and through um, blogs. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. And I will, I, I mean, there was the, I looked at the website um, over the last week or so, and there was a blog that, that jumped out at me, and I wonder if it was the same chap um, that you mentioned earlier, but it was a really, really interesting um, sort of story around uh, the lived experience again. So mm. he, he had been a patient uh, in the system for many years and then went on to become um, a therapist himself. And it was, it was sort of speaking about how the system was not right it was broken. yeah he's the it same was, guy it is yes. oh there we go right okay so fascinating an absolutely fascinating read um and i urge anybody to um uh, to go on and have a look at that because it was i tell you what stood out for me as i was reading through the blog i was like wow yeah th this is this is exactly what i'm from my perspective that that i see within the system the systems that are wrong wrong that are squeezing us that are perhaps pathologizing issues that are perhaps symptom driven mm. and here's another voice that, uh, that 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 has been through that mm -hmm. and and is now looking to create change albeit not being able to affect system change but in his vicinity within his discipline within his world he's he's practicing the way that he believes right and then helping others mm -hmm. and i thought it was amazing and i thought right well you know what I'll, I'll look if i can contact him on twitter and touch base with him and realize that he was in the states which mm -hmm. was which was so interesting and like you uh, like at the top of the show that you said there um and hence why i asked the the, the presentations from a mental health perspective are very similar Mm. Uh, globally speaking, there are always going to be mental health issues. Mm. There are always going to be difficulties. People are always going to be in crisis. So we have to go back to the housekeeping again. We have to go to the ads, but I do want to play another one of your songs. Um, 
I'm going to leave you with a question. We'll go to the break and then we'll come straight back into it after because I want you to think about this one. And um, and as I said there, with regards to the States or Malaysia and these, these uh, increasing presentations of mental health issues, difficulties and distress that we see within people, um, when we come back, I want you to sort of give your opinion as to why you think we are beginning to see this increasing struggle. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Perfect. We'll be back in a few. Community radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. Have you been to see the team at Ardley Green yet? They can save you time and money on your cleaning. They've got great discounts on mops, cloths, black bags and paper products, including 40 quilted toilet rolls for just $9.99. Plus, introducing chemical-free cleaning products and equipment. Ardley Green, working to keep your homes, businesses and schools environmentally friendly. Call the team today on 01708 477120 to find out how much you could save. Is your double glazing steamed up? Cloudy to Clear can save your windows. We can save you money, energy and time by replacing the pane, not the frame. We're a witch trusted trader and all glass units come with an amazing 25-year guarantee. So why not go to cloudytoclear.com to book a free 20-minute no-obligation quotation. Cloudy to Clear, replacing your failed double glazing. Uncompromised style this Christmas. Shop outlet prices at Braintree Village. Get party season ready at Reese, Ted Baker and French Connection. Spoil the ones you love with gifts from Lint, Molten Brown and Radley. Shop to entertain with homeware from Denby, Wittard of Chelsea and Le Creuset. Get the gifts they'll love with up to 60% off the RRP. Braintree Village. Outlet shopping in the heart of Essex. Join me, Ian Lee, every weekday from 3 till 6 for drive time here on Phoenix FM in association with St. Francis Hospice, doing more than you think. We'll have fun and frolics for three hours. And not only that, we'll have the traffic and travel keeping you up to date on the roads to put a smile on your face and a song on your lips. Sometimes we'll even have some guests to cheer you on your merry way. So that's me, Ian Lee, on Drive Time every weekday, Monday to Friday, 3 till 6 here on Phoenix FM. Phoenix FM. I can find 
That was the Carpenters with Top of the World. That was uh, our guest, Dennis Reloho Howe. Second choice, music. Um, And if that didn't make people happy and get their toes tapping, (laughs) then I don't know what does. Um, So, Dennis, uh, before we went to that break, um, I asked you uh, why you felt that there was an increase in sort of mental health conditions Mm -hmm. and why we're seeing this sort of we won't go as far as maybe a global epidemic, but certainly why we're seeing more and more people mm-hmm. needing that help. Yeah, I don't think there's an increase of people who are afflicted with mental health issues, but the way I see it is that we're just more open to talk about mental health issues right now. So there are more people coming forward, mm. um, especially in the case of men, because before um, it's not really masculine to th- tell people that you're suffering with anxiety or depression but now it's no longer frowned upon but it's more encouraged that if you're suffering with mental health issues you can easily talk about it so I think you you know um, because of that more people are coming forward and I also want to say something which might be unpopular Mm. um, because there's also an element of glamorization of mental health Mm -hmm. that people tend to see having mental health issues as something cool, especially for people um, Mm -hmm. who are on my industry, that we tend to um, sensationalize, glamorize mental health issues. Um, We're we're not really sure if someone is really suffering with depression, but because it has already become a buzzword, Mm. so people just conveniently say, I have depression, I have anxiety. Mm. Without actually knowing what, what it is. Yeah, um, because I think I, I still go go towards um, the, the the clinical diagnosis before you could say someone um, be, before you could say that you have depression. Um, I would 
um, still encourage that you first see a mental health professional mm. um, for you to be uh, for, for you to be assessed if you really have um, clinical depression mm. rather than just you know using um, labels so it's use it's the use of language that that needs an element of clarity around it as well so people are adopting diagnosis as a as a as a form of maybe communicating how they feel yep projecting how they feel so mm. that people then respond to that as well yeah and i i think um it's also important to strike a balance you know that we we encourage people to talk about mental health but we should also tell people that um you should not really make it you know, you shouldn't really glamorize about mental health issues. Mm. I, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear, obviously, from your world that there is this sense of sort of glamorization around it. I suppose, you know, it makes me think about something I've read recently um, about children's emotional health and well-being. And uh, there was this suggestion that children are under more pressure now than they've ever been in the past. And, and mm. what the article outlined was that you know, children are, are, are not under, to your point, actually, people, uh, children are not under any more pressure now than they was 60, 70, 80 years ago. If you look at, you know, if we was able to um, assess and, and scale children during mm. the Second World War, that would be a pretty anxiety-provoking yes. experience that they would go through. And again, it leads on to the, the labels, and mm. so we talk about diagnosis and anxiety and depression, and when we look at anxiety, it didn't actually come into... Um, the field of diagnosis until the late 80s so it wasn't within our vocabulary to use that mm -hmm. so there is this um you feel that there's this increased use of yeah. clinical terminology yeah. to represent and the same with adhd okay yeah so yeah tell me a bit more about that <laughs> well um i suppose if you were born during the 40s and the 50s um mm. people would just say you just need a good spanking <laughs> yeah but <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, you can't do that anymore, especially in Scotland. Uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely so people not. just say you have ADHD. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I think there's there's um, an increased awareness, there's an increased understanding of um, behaviour. Mm. Um, and do you find that there are demographics or that there are age ranges that tend to that, that, that tend to adopt more of the glamorization of it um i, I would say um because when i when i say glamorization of mental health you would especially see it on bloggers like myself mm -hmm. um on youtubers because essentially our earnings are dependent on those metrics the more views you've got the more hits you've got the more earnings you've got mm. so the more you glamorize um, mental health the more viewers you 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 have um yeah so what makes a good blog then? So for, for, the, for the market that is as broad as it is, as mm. you say, and sometimes there is this glamorization, how can we encourage you know, those that are listening today, if people want to go in search and put mental mm. health into, into the search engine, how do we know if it's, if it's a good blog? How do we know if it's not being glamorized for, for mm. earnings and hit rates? And mm. I, I try to strike a balance with my platform. Um, I, I just don't um, publish one narrative so um, say for instance um, I have a blog uh, a blog article which talks about 
um, feminism, and I, I have a blog which says that feminism is not really a good idea. Um, I also have an article which says um, we should not be using the word mental health. So uh, yeah, okay, I, 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 I try to I try to publish different perspectives. Um, the article then, if you can pull it to mind, yeah. uh, the one that sort of talks about not using that phrase mental health. What what's the sort of backdrop of that then? What's the argument there? Um, she was um, she was a counselor, and I, I if I remember it right, she's also based in Essex. And oh wow! Yeah, she was a guest on one of the radio stations that I work for. Um, so she we said, need to get her on here." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so she, she mentioned that um, we're, we're just using the word so loosely um, when, in fact, what we actually mean um, when we say mental health is emotional health. Um, I can't remember the exact um, wordings that she used, but it, it falls within um, that, that spectrum, what she's saying. And for yourself, you know, putting you on the spot, where, where do you sit with that? Do you think that it's a fair argument? Do you think we should sort of substitute out mental health for emotional health? Uh, I still personally prefer the word mental health over emotional health. But yeah, because... She, 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 um, because we're really talking about mental health. But um, go, go, going back to the argument, she's not the first person that I've encountered to say that. Um, when I was in Malaysia, there was also one of the speakers, um, he's based in Edinburgh, and ju just, just out of nowhere, he also mentioned that to me, that a lot of people are not really using the word mental health in its proper context. Mm -hmm. But um, as for me, I, 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 prefer, I prefer the word mental health over let's say emotional health or spiritual health, because I think it really um, covers what we're trying to talk about um, when we're talking about anxiety, when we're talking about depression. Um, for me, we're really talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. And do you think adding, adding uh, or, or using that word adds the credibility and credence to it as well, whereas the arguably the softer version of emotional health mm -hmm. um, doesn't, the punch maybe that, that people need to take. Yeah, that, I, I'll go along with that. But um, you, you, you see, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, you, you have to strike a balance when you run a platform. I don't essentially agree with um, that, that article that I published, mm. but still, I publish it. Mm. I, I would say um, half of what I read on my own blog, I don't agree with it. But I'm giving p people a platform to to, to express their opinions. Excellent, excellent. And so interesting as well that you that you strike that balance between having the articles, the blogs that you're, you're for and those that actually get you thinking. How much over the five years uh, of, of blogging and, um, and producing the, the, the content for the article and reading and publishing and so on and so forth, how much do you feel you've learned from all of these articles coming in? Um, I, w I would say I've learned from people who has um, lived experience and also because um, I have an ongoing interest about resilience. Mm -hmm. So those people who sub well, were published within those areas, um, I also learned from them. Um, Tell me a little bit more about, I was just writing down there, resilience. Yeah, resilience. Talk to me about your interest then with uh, yeah, in, in um, resilience. Yeah, resilience is basically the ability to be firm, to stay motivated. Um, in order for you to um, surmount the obstacles that you're going through. 
Um, it goes back from my earlier experience because um, I grew up in the slum in the Philippines. So uh, it's, it's quite a difficult life. So um, I did not, ha we did not have electricity or running water until I was 10. And I did not get to experience how it was to use a toilet. So when I need to do my thing, I just sit on a corner, squat on a newspaper and don't put it on a car. I know it sounds gross, put it on a carrier bag and then sling it on the river. That's, that's my childhood. And, but I don't, I, I, I think I don't, I don't get emotional looking back, you know, like, like what kind of life that I used to live. I don't get emotional with that. And I attribute it to the fact that I think I have high levels of resilience and I have high threshold for squeamishness. I think um, I, I also say that to my husband that um, a lot of things that I experience in life, um, I'm quite grateful that I grew up in the slum because it shaped me the kind of person that I am. Uh, yeah, essentially, when, when, when I talk about mental health, um, I don't have a lived experience of mental health, but I think that's the kind of message that I want to convey to people, that there's an aspect of humanity that you can actually tap into, and that aspect of humanity is resilience. Uh, and do you think, so is it like a, we're all born with a, a pot of resilience and mm -hmm. we build upon it or is it something that we that we inherit from our environment from our lived experience our you know because mm -hmm. arguably we're all a product of our past mm -hmm. so where does that resilience come from is it there do we have it in abundance or is it something that we have to foster and work like a muscle i i think it's um because of um how i was raised um I was born in the 80s. Um, I was born in a third world country in the slum. So you can't really be squeamish. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I, I've seen a lot of things in my life. Um, I've seen someone stab in front of a house at the age of eight. Wow. Uh, and yeah, how, do you, how do you, as an eight year old, how do you manage that? How do you sort of process that? Oh, well, I have to be honest, when I first um, saw, when, when I saw that, um, I screamed uh, and then I, 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 I embraced my dad, like, um, mm. th this is not something that I could stand. Uh, yeah, but looking back, I think the violence that I've seen, that um, poverty that I've seen, it, it shaped me into the kind of person that I am. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm tough because I'm not really physically tough, but when it comes to managing my emotion, I think I've matured over the years. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a benefit in growing up in a slum, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so sometimes my, my husband would say, uh, unlike you, I don't have the luxury of growing up in a slum. So he comes from a different background. Um, he, he's, he's English, mm. so he's born here. Uh, yeah, I. I, I brought him in the Philippines um, an, a, a few times um, just to um, I introduce to him um, the kind of life that I used to live. Well, Philippines is, is way better now um, compared to the 80s, um, but, but there's, there's still p poverty, yeah. I mean, fascinating, and really not, not even a lifetime ago, 30 years ago, this is, you know, you're, you're growing up in this and experiencing that and not, not even getting running water till 10 years old. It's, it's not, oh, you, when you were a child, it's not really something that you think about. It's just, you think it's part of life. Yeah. And what was, how was that childhood in terms of when you look back on that? Was you a happy child? Yeah, I was a happy child. You know, um, 
it's just interesting right now because I'm. I remember sometimes I couldn't really, you know, um, how do you say it? I can't really stand not checking my phone. And I remind myself, like, hang on, when you were 10 years old, you don't have television, you don't mm. have radio, but you're happy. Mm. Yeah, so. And where does that come from, do you think? What, what was it, what, did, what is it about that time that made you happy? I think it's, it's, it's because of my parents. Um, my, my parents um, um, instilled to me the value of not being materialistic, but finding joy in simple things, um, finding happiness in simple things. And I think that's, that's a good message to the listeners of happiness algorithm that, you know, um, it's, it's not really um, the material things that could be a good source of happiness. Um, there are other things. Um, yeah, the, 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 the pleasure of being with your family. Um, I'm, I'm still happy because I still have my parents around. Uh, I have a loving family. Yeah. Mm. A wonderful message, a really, really lovely message to share because it is the simple things. And I think often we have to remind ourselves to stop sometimes and, mm. and embrace what's in front of us and to put down the phone sometimes and, mm. you know, be with the ones we love. And exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate appreciate that, Dennis, for sharing that. Um, and... Uh, the okay, so so back to sort of looking at where the the, the blogging comes in and, and how people can access it. Where is it? Is it pitched for everyday people? Can anybody look at it? And do you feel that anybody can take something from it, or is it for academics and professionals? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the beauty of blogging, because um, what what um, makes blogging um, different from other platforms, let's say newspaper or books, is that it makes um, um, articles conversational so you write it in a language which is easy to understand the way people actually talk um, that, that what, that's what makes blogging interesting and accessible mm. um, when I have researchers publish their articles on Psychbridge you, you know how academics write it's mm-hmm. jargon filled and it's <laughs> heavy kind of writing so I, I tell them try to write it the way you would talk to a friend you, d- you don't really talk to a friend um, late, laden with jargon. Yeah. You, you talk with a friend, you know, just, just chillax kind of talking. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's the kind of writing that I encourage to my contributors. Um, you, you, you don't have um, problems with people who are actually sharing live experience because it's just um, a, a more down-to-earth kind of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there are people listening that do want to sort of contribute, maybe with that lived experience, what what do they have to do? How can they get in touch? Um, just just visit my website. Uh, my contact details is there. So my website is called Psychreg. I'll spell it out. So it's P S Y C H R E G. So Psychreg. Psychreg. And how, what about your sort of social media handles? Let's let's give them a sort of mention and a shout out. Uh, so just go on Twitter. So it's also Psychridge. Um I'm also on Facebook and um, on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Interestingly enough, if um, you could let me <laughs> mention it, um, I'll I'll be um, running my own um, YouTube channel um, podcast. Uh, so it will be called the Dennis Relohosh Show. It will start um, sometime this month 
Perfect. And what will be the uh, again the the sort of format? What are you looking to do? Who are you going to have on? Um, it will be it, it will be essentially the same format as this. I'll, I'll invite people who's got who are interested um, about mental health and just um, ask them uh, drill down to their core beliefs, their history, and you know what 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 started them with their mental health um, journey. Excellent. Well, seamlessly, that leads us into the next part because we touched on it there, sort of a little bit of your upbringing and what you've been through, and I love mm. the fact how open and honest you were with that, that resilience. Um, and um, we'll, we'll spend a bit more time on that. But for me, what I'm always interested in, those that move into the world of psychology, I always want to ask that question of why. What brings you into sort of psychology? Um, just like most things in my life, it's accidental. Um, when I was in secondary, I wanted to have to. I really wanted to go to university. I'm, I'm the first in the family to go to university, and because when I was a child, I have this grit, you know. Like, of course, I'm 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 okay living in Islam, but um, when I was 16, 15 year old. I told myself there's a better world out there, there's a better life out there. Mm -hmm. And I told myself the best way to claw out of poverty is through higher education. So I spoke to one of my teachers and then she said, um, why don't you do um, psychology? And I said, um, it's, it's quite um, a flexible course because there's different applications to psychology. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I'm sure most of your listeners could relate to. So sometimes we just go to university and just we we don't really know what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not really sure when I when 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 um, I pick psychology uh, um, at university, uh, but um, I think I'm glad I did. Um, I don't think I could be a good engineer because that's something that also um, considered. Um, I, I'm not good with numbers. I can't wallow with the complexities of numbers, so <laughs> I don't think I'll be a good engineer. So yeah, I, I think I'm happy where I am now. Good, yeah. good. Well, that's, it's always about happiness. So, but so interesting, you know. Even at that, you know, the young age, a child, or even sort of an adolescent at 15, 16, you wasn't aware of what you was going to do but that chance conversation with that teacher that suggested exploring the idea of psychology and then look here you are now all these mm. years later the world's leading blog psychologist <laughs> <laughs> um okay so dennis i think what we'll do is we'll go to uh, another short break and uh, and we'll go into your third and final song uh, and then when we come back we'll start to really drill down in uh, for the listeners what they can do to, um, as we said before, bring them closer to happiness. Mm. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that resilience as well, perhaps mm. how the listeners can focus on that, um, how they can build their resilience against some of the sort of internal struggles that they often face. Okay. Community Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. Do you know where the dough in your pizza comes from? At Crust Gourmet Pizza in Shenfield, we make our dough fresh in store every day with our signature ingredient that's, whoops, that would be telling. We believe in quality produce from our in-house cooked chicken and lamb to our homemade avocado salsa. Visit our website at crustpizzas.co.uk 
or call 01277 563 789. Crust Gourmet Pizza, bringing a little Australian sunshine to Shenfield and the surrounding areas. Thinking about a new home project? Let Versatile Flooring help you choose the perfect flooring for your home. We have been supplying and fitting quality flooring for over a decade. Not only are we experts in wood flooring, we also supply and fit quality carpets, luxury vinyl and much more. Call us on 01277 214 549 or pop into our showroom at Unit 7 Chancery Gate Business Centre, Talon Road, Hutton. Versatile Flooring. Modern flooring for modern living. At SEHBAC, it's the season for home improvements with our amazing autumn sale. You can get up to 35% off across our stunning range of windows, doors and conservatories. Better still, it's more affordable than you think with an amazing three years interest-free credit. Take the hassle out of home improvements with your award-winning local specialists. Don't delay. Find your nearest show centre at SEHBAC.com. Terms and conditions apply. Bennett's Funerals are proud to sponsor the ongoing redevelopment of Butterfly Meadow, Brentwood, raising awareness for our grieving hearts, your local charity supporting parents who have lost a child at any age and through any circumstance. We're part of the Compassionate Friends commemorating 50 years of peer-to-peer support for bereaved parents. To find out more, visit us at ourgrievinghearts.co.uk where we have a list of our services and upcoming fundraising events. Community Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up
travel the world, but I don't have any plans. Wish that I could stay forever this young, not afraid to close my eyes. Life's a game made for everyone, and love is the prize. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older, all this time I was finding myself, and I didn't know I was lost. So wake me. Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. It's 2.20, it's Wednesday afternoon, it's me, James Rose, and you are listening to the Happiness Algorithm. Um, we're into the final part of the show now. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been absolutely brilliant today. I mean, it makes it a hell of a lot better when um, you're not panicking as much as I was in show one last week. Um, lovely to have my uh, wonderful guest here as well, Dennis Reloho Howe, who is uh, a blog psychologist. Um, you know, the second part of the show really for me, uh, Dennis, was, was amazing, just to hear sort of your, your childhood and your upbringing. And I think that, you know, the, the, the story that people bring is, um, is just so fascinating. And I think this is the bit sometimes for me when I look at it from uh, world of psychology or certainly from the hospital's perspective, I see people come in and so often we are lost by the diagnosis that walks, by the, uh, walks through the door, but there's so much more to that individual. Mm. And, and from my own line of work, I'm, I'm always looking to see past that. I always see behave, um, always see uh, the diagnosis as a set of symptoms or a behaviour in in some form. Mm-hmm. And um, like any symptoms, like a baby's temperature, we can keep bringing the temperature down, but unless we address the cause, it will go up again. Mm-hmm. And so my clinical philosophy is always to see past that and understand who the individual is. And we can see it from a world of po- positive psychology sometimes mm-hmm. as well. It's seeing the global individual, the mm-hmm. whole person, which I think is really crucial. Um, and so being able to. Share share that and and some of those uh, contributors to your website and the and the mental health bloggers as well that lived experience i think is is really crucial for those out there that are suffering that are in crisis that do find it challenging or, or find it difficult to speak sometimes if they can access that website 
who'll access your website, read through some of those blogs and see that other people are going through exactly the same experience, but have also come out of that as well. It's, um, it's, it's really excellent. So as I say, we are into the final part of the show now. And one of the things that I have forgot, I'm forgetting things all over the place at the minute. Um, you have, will have to bear with me. This is only show two, and I promise you I will endeavour, I will do my very best to get better and better and harness this skill and this craft. But um, one of the things that I, I did forget to do, uh, I've just said to Dennis why that track was playing. As I said earlier, I always get my guests to pick their own songs because I think it gives us a, a little window into... Uh, those individuals behind the mic and behind the titles as well. And so, Dennis, you you sent three, kindly sent three songs over to me earlier. We load them up and we've played through those now. We've had Avicii, we've had Gilbert O'Sullivan and the Carpenters. A real mixed bag, a (laughs) real mixed bag. So um, tell me a bit about why you chose those tracks. Um, First is um, Karin Carpenters, because I always um, um, hear that um, growing up. Um, because that's my mom's favorite song. Mm. So when I hear a Carpenter song, it reminds me of my mom. Lovely. Um, she might be listening now. Let's hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Gilbert O'Sullivan, because uh, I'm really old school when it comes to music. <laughs> um, yeah, I was born in the 80s, and I, I know that song was really on the 70s, but it was still quite popular during the 80s, and I also grew up listening to that song. I just... like the tune Um, I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics Um, you you like to have a dance to that a bit of a boogie to that one yeah I I like it I did see your toe yeah (laughs) and then um, Wake Me Up Um, this one is more about um, the lyrics and also more about um, the performer Avicii because he was also struggling uh, he struggled with mental health and we, we know he died of the horrible way. Mm. Um, he 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 died of suicide. And um, if if you if you listen to um, the lyrics, if you pay attention to it, you would kind of understand the struggles that he's been going through before he died of suicide. And it also kind it also kinds of remind us that a lot of people, even though they're successful and they seem to be enjoying a lot of things, um, sometimes it's just a facade. Um, there's there's um, there's something that we don't see um, um, from from that person, and, mm. and I think the story, the songs of Avicii, is a poignant reminder of you know anxiety and depression. Very much so. They they say that we um, when we're happy we hear the melody, and when we're sad we hear the lyrics. Exactly. So um, it is such a uh, you know it's such an emotive um, medium music, and it's one that. Um, I think is so important and hence why I do ask all the guests to um, to choose their own music really and it's lovely it really is lovely and I've, I've, you know it's b- because personally speaking as well you get to hear music that maybe you you, you wouldn't normally choose yourself you wouldn't go to um, but yeah fantastic absolutely brilliant so Dennis um, the focus now really is looking at what can we do what can we do with all of your wisdom and all that you've learned can we do that brings us ever closer to, to happiness what is the secret I suppose um, doing the things that really that you really enjoy um, as for me I really enjoy blogging um, mm. I wouldn't be doing it for <laughs> the longest time if I'm not really enjoying it uh, yeah I, th- I think that's 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 the message um, to people um, just just find that life is short so do something that 
um, that doesn't bore you. Plugin doesn't bore me. Um, so um, that's that's what I do. Um, aside from blogging, I also enjoy traveling. Uh, so Favorite place on the planet? Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because. I just like the people and the culture, and also the food. And what is it? So, because uh, I'm always interested in culture, and what, so what is it about that culture in particular that appeals to you? I admire. Um, I think the Buddhist culture in in um, in in Thailand because it's more like you know accepting people as they are, but they don't really impose their beliefs on them. Um, I'm 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 an atheist, but I suppose if I ever become religious I would be Buddhist um, I, 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 I like the I like the kind of living that they have in Thailand um, and they, they're not really judgmental people okay yeah because I grew up in a Catholic country <laughs> <laughs> you did you did yeah. and the, so uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say very <laughs> something very controversial there, <laughs> but I won't go there no. I won't go there um, okay so we so we're looking at uh, do things do things that make you happy. So from a from a, a professional or a work perspective, that's what you're saying. So blogging, you love, you enjoy. Yeah. Um, how do you find the balance then? How do you strike the balance between it being something that adds value to your existence, mm-hmm. uh, but bearing in mind it does pay the bills as well. It's, yeah. It is your job. So yeah. how do you how do you strike that balance between it becoming a chore? Because uh, um, be, being a blogger, you could you could work anywhere. So um, I go out of the country at least three times a year. So I think that's the, one of the perks of being a blogger. Mm-hmm. You know, I could work from a resort. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you still um, do you still enjoy blogging about travel or places you visit, or is it all mental health? Uh, it's all about mental health now. Um, I think as we as we grow old, our interests evolve. Um, mm-hmm. I'm no longer interested. I'm, I'm still interested about um, traveling. Uh, I think I'll still travel up to my 60s. I love I love traveling. But What's happening after 60 then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, statistically, um, I should die when I'm 70 to 75. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. So 15 uh, years, 10, 15 years, <laughs> you'll have a rest. Yeah. You'll come, you'll switch off from the traveling. Yeah. Your feet up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I kind of lost thread. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't make jokes. No, no, I've been no, no, told about this. Yeah. I shouldn't make jokes. Just stick with the show. Yeah. Uh, so um, I've lost my thread now as well. So um, blogging, getting the balance between mm-hmm. it being uh, pleasurable uh, yeah. and not being a chore so much. But you said that it's, it's a passion of yours. What about people that maybe are uh, maybe not lucky enough to be in that position to do a job that that, that they really enjoy? What can they do? Well, um, I, su- I suppose I'm um, find a hobby. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just all um, blogging that um, I find enjoyable. It's not just traveling. Um, I go to events. I go to theaters because that's another thing that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hang out with my friends. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. friends. Uh, so when so friends, theater shows, traveling, traveling, writing, yeah. read a good book. Read a good book. Okay, yeah. excellent. So all of these things uh, supply you with the balance you need to keep manoeuvring your sort of day-to-day existence. Exactly. Excellent. So uh, you mentioned there in the second part of the show as well about resilience. And um, 
I think it's a term that not necessarily is overused, mm. uh, but it is a phrase that's that's bandied about. Mm-hmm. So can we drill a little bit deeper into that then? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it comes, it, you you sort of touched on the, your, you know, your childhood and what you experienced and where you grew up and what you witnessed. That resilience comes from there. Mm-hmm. So where do we, you know, for those that are listening, how do we how do we sort of lean on that resilience how do we sort of increase its strength and mm-hmm. its need yeah the, the, the way i see resilience is that um I, I always tell myself if other people who've gone through a lot of worse things than me were able to um, recover from this situation i should also be able to do that um i always remind myself like what was your childhood like it it's nothing compared to um the kind of situations that I'm living it now. The kind of things that uh, my parents have to go through to raise three children and to send all three of us to university, um, that's something. So um, I was just, just trying to make myself realize like when I was 30, I know, when, when my parents were at my age, they've, they did a lot of things which are worse. Uh, yeah, I, I always try to re- remind my, make myself realize that, and that's how I see resilience. You know, if if people who've gone to worse situation than me can a, um, can cope with this, I should be able to cope as well. Okay, so there's almost drawing a comparison against other people in the world that have been through adverse circumstances yeah. and, and difficulties as well. Yeah. Anything else that people can perhaps that are struggling, that are in crisis, anything else that people can do to to increase their sort of... Yeah, I, I think um, it's also important to learn from people who have lived experience. Um, I, I mentioned to you um, that guy who keeps on writing for Psych Reg. Um, um, le- learn from his experience. In fact, I read two, two, two of his books and he, he shared how he struggled with schizophrenia and how it affect his... Um, relationship with his friends and family but um if if, if you try to learn from him because it's it's really serious um what he's gone through it's schizophrenia it's psychosis mm-hmm. he's got delusions if you learn from um from his experience um you would realize that yeah it's it's something that you can recover from mm. yeah and, with, st- and still live by the sounds of the, the chap that you're talking about, you know, a professor at university and yeah. so living... Author of three books and he's an um, international speaker. So that, that's something, you know, uh, um, in spite of what you have experienced. So, so talking with others, seeking help, mm-hmm. um, not allowing it to sort of dictate and consume and take ownership of you or define your sense of identity if if we are struggling seeing that there are resources that there is a resilience mm. that we're all born with mm. um, and we can rely upon and draw those comparisons against others to see that what we're going through now won't last it's something that we that we will come out the other side of yeah um, but we mustn't sort of do that in isolation or, or, or sort of struggle in any way yeah um just just to remind yourself that um, this is just a journey. Um, it, it will also pass away. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always try to remind myself life is short, so don't just, you know, focus too much on something. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. Bad weather always passes. Yeah. And so you mentioned there what you enjoy doing, so um, shows and reading mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. 
when when you are sort of experiencing low mood or I mean mm. do you ever experience low mood that's the uh, yeah I do experience that experience low mood um I also find comfort in gardening I'm, I'm really quite old school <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah um yeah I I um because I'm, I'm an introvert I prefer to do things on my own so that's why blogging is really perfect for me because I just work in a room and when I get bored and when I'm done I do gardening yeah um plants are quite friendly they are yeah they are they're very they, forgiving. They, they, they don't answer back either. Yeah. So you're quite green-fingered then. So how, so I bet your garden is wonderful then. Uh, uh, yeah, I try to. Um, I, I look after them every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is something your partner's interested in as well? Not really. Yeah. Okay. We've got really opposite interests. His interest is more into computers. Uh -huh. um, he's more into the techie stuff. Um, so that's why sometimes when I've got problems with my website, you can fix it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very handy. Yeah. Very handy. And he also repairs laptop. <laughs> he really comes in handy. Yeah. Very much so. So, um, when you talk about um, all of the all of the activities that you're talking about mm -hmm. there, are, are, are quite symbolic of being um, what we consider to be immersed in primary process. So, primary mm -hmm. process, looking at it from the sort of psychoanalytic theory, as being periods of time with no demand, no responsibility, and no expectation, or very, very little of. They're quite pleasurable and they're quite indulgent as well. Mm. I think for me, it's imperative that we that we have this balance of, of primary process and mm. also what what we're at the, the the mercy of as as an adult, which is secondary process. Secondary process being the reality of our existence. There's always going to be demands. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a level of responsibility and expectation that is that is placed upon us, and so. You know, if we can if we can begin to carve out um, activities that are pleasurable and mm -hmm. indulgent, and there's a there's a lack of demand, responsibility, and expectation with them. You know, so whether it's gardening, whether it's you know going to the theatre, and I suppose in in a sense blogging as well, because mm -hmm. um, interestingly, you are it's your journey, it's your story mm -hmm. that you're telling. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that sometimes when you're trying to pull a blog together, it you, you can sometimes be working too hard, you're trying to force through, or does it always come naturally? Is it something over the last 15 years you've... Um, cause, because right now I no longer really, it's it's very rare that I write my own article. So what I do is usually just edit the work because I've got my own style guide. Mm -hmm. um, so basically just edit it for the choice of words. and just use the appropriate picture that's 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 the bulk of what i do why yeah. why have you stopped sort of doing your own blogs because i don't want sacrage to be all about me i want it to be about the readers so that's why like, like i mentioned earlier um 90 of the contents they are not published by me mm. um i want it to be shaped by the people who actually read it so um, that way, you know, um, I, I'm just giving, Cycrus is just a platform for people to publish their, store, their, their articles because mm. running a blog is not really, um, ra running a website is not really easy and it's not also expensive. Uh, I, sorry, it's not also cheap. So rather than creating your own website, just publish um, on a website, contribute on a website. Yeah, that's, that's all I do, just give people a platform. Okay. I mean, the, you know, the time we've spent together this afternoon has been uh, has been 
truly fascinating I, I will be honest and I mean I can't help Thank but, you. but think <laughs> you know people are missing out if you're not blogging and you're not sort of putting some of your work forward do you not miss it at all? Because uh, if 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 because m- mental health is such um let, let let's be honest uh, mental health is such a saturated niche so if if I keep on talking about um, mental health and I, I publish it on my own website it becomes repetitive mm. but if I give people a platform to share their voice to share their opinions um there's something refreshing so I'd rather do it that way instead of me talking about the same things over and over again and. Again, I don't have a live experience of mental health, so there will be a limited aspect of what I can talk about. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I sp- which is uh, very noble to say. I, I think for me that the, the, the resilience you touched on earlier and that, that story you tell about your, um, your lived experience about your growing up is very inspirational and the drive and the Thank determination you. to to develop and build the, the company that you have and to be able to be so uh, noble and honourable in terms of sharing that message and make it much more accessible to, mm-hmm. to the masses is, is, is fantastic. It's absolutely lovely Thank to hear. Um, so what does the future hold for you, Dennis? I want to, because the, the, the blogs that I look up to are, you probably heard about it, Psychology Today, Very Well Mind, Psych mm-hmm. Central. Mm-hmm. These are websites that have a million traffic a month. Um, Psychology Today just have 30 million traffic a month. And I want to create a platform like that, you mm-hmm. know, that people actually read. Um, but I want to be um, different from them because mm-hmm. they, what they do, which is excellent, is publish articles. But I also want to have a podcast. I also want to organize my own events. And uh, I also have my own open access journal. So, um, I, I, I try to be as diverse in what I offer to my readers. Mm. What I like as well is that, you know, what we touched on earlier is that the, the platform is for both sides of the fence, really, both from an academic perspective, mm-hmm. but equally it's accessible for, for, for people that just want to um, read yes. about what is out there and, and you're the format that you're promoting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it is great because it it takes out the academic gump, as you said. You know, it, it, you know mm. when they fluff it up to the point where it becomes inaccessible mm. to the reader. And when we are, you know, when we are looking to to increase our knowledge, mm. uh, not not just personally speaking, but but also, you know, when we when we are struggling, when we can uh, when we can access material that just makes sense of the world, mm-hmm. then it brings us in from a position of isolation and we no longer feel as deep a level of vulnerability that perhaps we did when we when we when we were struggling mm-hmm. so i think it's, it's it's fantastic it's fantastic and um you know i, I wish you uh i wish you all the best for that going <laughs> forward you. so you I, I noticed as well on the website that um there was a your correct me if i'm wrong that is it like chairman of the international society of psychology counseling and education yes um that one is more academic it's and it's also um aimed for researchers so mm-hmm. i started organizing events in 2017 mm-hmm. so i 
launch a society, the International Society of Psychology, Counseling and Education. So basically, it's just an umbrella for psychologists, counselors and educators to network and to share their research. Um, that was launched in Philippines. And, but basically, those people who attend my um, con the conference I organize, they automatically become members of ISPC. Excellent. Wonderful. So we will uh, we'll go into our next uh, our next break now. Sadly, um, we'll go into the next break. We'll play another song, and Dennis, if you, I would love you to stay for the, just the very last part before we go Pleasure. into uh, the drive show at three o'clock. Um, remember again, if uh, if anything has uh, provoked or stimulated anything today, please do get in touch in all the usual places here at the Happiness Algorithm. You can contact us. Uh, at roast underscore James on Twitter. Please put in the hashtag the happiness algorithm. That means that I can just go straight into the uh, the information there. You can contact me direct on James underscore roast underscore, um, or you can email us straight into the studio at radio at phoenixfm.com. Step into Siena's, a perfectly designed haven serving a fusion of locally sourced seasonal British dishes. Relax and enjoy our attentive service at our showcase steak nights, boat fresh fish and chip evenings, two for one cocktail and gin events and exquisite Sunday roasts with all the trimmings. Call us on Brentwood 807 or visit our website to book. Breakfast, brunch, lunch or dinner, enjoy Siena's, London-style dining in the heart of Shenfield. Are you looking to improve your smile this year? At Pure Orthodontics, we are the UK's number one Invisalign provider for 2017. We also offer other styles of discreet braces. To find out more or to book your free, no-obligation consultation at our specialist orthodontic practice, visit us at pureorthodontics.co.uk or give us a call on 01245 46 3000. Pure Orthodontics, experts in natural, beautiful smiles. A personalised wax seal puts that extra touch on any event, party or wedding invitation. Our impressions come pre-made and self-adhesive to make quick work when sealing lots of letters. Available in a kaleidoscope of colours to suit any occasional taste. From ivory to electric blue. Mark your next event with a seal of approval. Visit ukwaxseals.co.uk and design your wax seal today. Set in the Essex countryside, just two miles from the M25 and Brentwood, Ashwell's Sports and Country Club offers the perfect venue for any event or function. Catering for weddings, christenings, corporate events or private parties, our beautiful facilities make any event special. Become a member and you can take advantage of our spa, gymnasium, outdoor swimming pool and full facilities at your leisure too. For more details, visit us at ashwells.com. Or call 01277 373 828. Phoenix FM. Someone out there loves you. 
Community Radio for Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. Well, we're there. We are nearly there. The end of show two. It is the happiness algorithm with me, James Rose. It's 2.53 uh, Wednesday afternoon. And uh, we'll soon be moving into drive. It should be in Lee, but he's running a little bit late today. So Paul Golder will be uh, holding the fort um, in the first hour for you. So um, before we close, uh, I must for, uh, bid a fun farewell to my guest today, which was uh, Dennis. I'm sure that you'll all agree that it was an absolutely fascinating listen um, and shared some amazing stuff. Um, we've had a good response come in from uh, the social media platforms and questions coming into the studio. Give a shout out to Alice Band 88 who's doing her housework and having a nice cup of tea while she's listening to it. So hopefully um, that's what makes her happy doing the housework, but obviously listening to the show as well. What we can take from today's show is that it's important to uh, recognise our resilience and know that we've all sort of we're all blessed with that uh, somewhere inside of us. We draw comparisons against others to see that you know it isn't it isn't all necessarily uh, uh, too difficult for us. Um, and and find uh, fun in the simple things in life as well. So put the phone down sometimes. Uh, you know, garden, listen to music, read a good book. Would that be fair to say to sum up what you've uh, you said today, Dennis? Exactly, that's that's a good summary of what I've said. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to leave us with? Uh, any any sort of uh, interesting tidbits? Uh, share your social media handles with us again, and 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 tell people where they can access some of those blogs. One last time for me, please. Yeah. So um, I run a website called Psychreg. Um, P S Y C H R E G. It's on Twitter. It's on LinkedIn and it's on YouTube as well and Facebook, of course. And what do people have to do if they um, if they want to write a blog themselves? What should they do? How should they write it? Um, they they're welcome to send a contribution to Psychreg. Uh, my contact details are there. But of course, I'm not limiting your option. If you want to run your own website, if you want to run your own blog, you could also do that. Um, it's very easy to do a blog. Um, you, you could set up your own in an hour. And the sort of looking at the structure, um, what should they, you, you touched on it earlier saying about that it's important that it's, it comes from them. It doesn't, it doesn't feel mm. too unnatural. Yeah. Give them some tips. Yeah, exactly. What, what, one of the key features of blogging is that it's conversational. So that's what separates it from a news article or from a textbook or from a research article. Um, just, just, just make it um, read like you're talking to a person. Basically, read how you would say it. I'm sorry, write how you would say it. That's okay. better. Um, and then just, um, if you're not really into, you know, um, turning your blog into a work or a business, so just don't worry about the hits. Don't worry how many followers you've got on 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 social media. So just 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 do it out of, you know, um, as a way to express yourself. But of course, if you really want to venture into a more professional side of blogging, then um, I do offer one-to-one coaching. On well, I was going to ask yeah. this actually. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is it something you know? I, there could I'm sure there are people out there that would love to be able to commit sort of uh, pen to paper or commit some words and thoughts and share some of their journeys, yeah. Yeah. but are reluctant and maybe um, nervous about doing that for the first time. That's something that they could contact you over and 
Yes, I, I do actually give workshops on how to run. It doesn't have to be mental health because you'll be my competitor. <laughs> um, but, you know, you could have a blog about gardening or you could have a blog about lifestyle and I could give some tips um, when it comes to CESEO because that's important, you know, how you appear in search engines and also um, how to get more followers on um, social media. Um, I do give workshops to that. And um, obviously how you could earn um, from your blog. Um, yeah, there's a money in blogging. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, amazing because this is we're now sort of two minutes before the end of yeah. the show, and you're you're a man of many many talents, not just the sort of world's leading mental health blogger, blog psychologist. Um, that you're delivering these workshops as well for people. So, uh, you know, look, it's lovely to it's lovely to hear, and and hopefully people will sort of get in touch and. Um, and and we'll see the next blog psychologist soon or the next Thank you. sort of uh, travel blogger. And um, then it's a real pleasure to have you on the show and I, I will put this out there, but we'll definitely have you back on the show because as I say, that little disclosure at the end that tells me more about Dennis that I'm sure people would want to know about. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, it's been another action-packed show. Um, hopefully... Uh, not as not as nervously driven uh, we have got through show two those that have not been able to listen to it it will go um, will be available in a podcast uh, within the next well hopefully within the next uh, few days or so um, we'll be going to the, sh- uh, the news shortly we'll be back next week uh, on the happiness algorithm one till three on Wednesday afternoons. Please do, over the course of the week, look after yourself, be happy, and uh, and do things that are going to add value to your life. That is the important thing. Don't get too consumed. It is a busy, busy world out there, and it is very demanding. Send in any music requests or any sort of tips that you might have. And again, there might be some keen gardeners out there that sort of relate and understand mm-hmm. that. We've probably got some carpetman fans out there that <laughs> also are having a boogie as that song played as well. Um, but please send them over. As I said before, we'll just go through those social media handles again. Uh, on Twitter, it's at roast underscore James. Please use the uh, hashtag, the happiness algorithm. Direct message me on uh, Instagram, which is James underscore roast underscore um, and you can message the studio so that's radio at phoenixfm.com I want to share those stories let's keep normalizing that conversation about mental health um, and be good people and